Welcome to the Forest Analytics Landing Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Russell. In this podcast, we'll talk about how data and analytics are transforming the forest products industry. We'll share how a research-based approach to analytics can empower your forestry organization to make better decisions with your data. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast today. Uh, this episode, I wanted to just take some time to reflect on what's been happening this fall. Uh, and one of those things has been the Society of American Foresters convention that happened in person in Baltimore, Maryland in late September. Um, I'm trying to kind of uh, reflect more and to um, try to compile my thoughts in different kinds of ways. And so I thought just kind of discussing some of the things that were memorable to me Uh, Some of the highlights that I saw uh, as a part of the SAF convention uh, would be worth sharing. And so that's what I'll spend uh, this episode talking about. Uh, And I guess I have about five things that really stood out to me um, as a part of the convention this year. Um, For those of you that did not attend, the uh, the convention was just a great great event. Um, It was about a week long, depending on uh, kind of which topics and which uh, field tours you may have gone on and which sessions you may have visited and saw presentations. Uh, but all told, it was about a week, a week's worth of stuff uh, that you could participate in. Um, and it was hosted in Baltimore, Maryland, uh, which was uh, just a great place to be and a lot of energy with uh, uh, the Orioles baseball games going on that same week uh, and some other things going on in town. Um, the first thing that was really memorable to me is, is really a simple one, and that was just seeing people again. Um, this was the first conference I've been to of this size uh, really in a long time, really since the pandemic began in early 2020. Um, and so just be the ability to see people, uh, to catch up with colleagues, uh, to begin to uh, you know, form new relationships with people, uh, to meet people you have only ever met on Zoom, uh, was just an incredibly rewarding experience, and um, I found out in talking with others too that um, you know this idea of just being at a conference and socializing and networking pretty much almost all day long uh, can also be pretty exhausting. Um, and so it was interesting to kind of feel that again um, as uh, we're getting back to it. It seems like most conferences are now back in person uh, that may have been delayed through uh, through the pandemic, and so. Again, that uh, just being in person, seeing people was really just something uh, that was really rewarding, really valuable thing that I think I took away uh, from attending the convention. Uh, the other memorable thing uh, is one of the uh, one of the big time presentations, and I'm a little biased here uh, because this was a session that I actually helped to put together as a member of the SAF Convention Planning Committee, um, and this was a panel. Uh, it was a part of the Thursday think tank sessions. Um, and so participants were able to choose from one of three different uh, sessions that were ongoing at the same time on Thursday morning. And this one was called The Changing Impact of Forests on Investments. Um, and this one was really memorable to me because I think we just had a great set of panelists for it. Um, and so uh, folks uh, that joined the panel were Fred Cubbage from North Carolina State University, uh, Bob Hagler from New Forests, Pete Madden from the U.S. Endowment for Forestry and Communities, and Dawei Zhang from Auburn University, um, and Melissa Cray from Pennsylvania State University. I just did a great job of moderating and asking questions uh, to the group. 
And um, as I mentioned, this was a really memorable one to me because I really touched on really one of the biggest topics I think that we're facing in force and um, in force products today. And that is, you know, what is the role of um, different people wanting to get a piece of what force have to offer? Um, you know, when we look at the history of force, you know, it was primarily forest products companies that owned and managed and sold the wood on the land, often to the own, their own mills that they managed and owned. Um, but, you know, if we look back to a couple decades ago, forest ownership started to transition um, to being owned by timber investment management organizations and real estate investment trusts. And so that's just, uh, if we look at kind of the history of, of how we've come to this, um, that's all in the background. And of course, now today, Lots of people are valuing forests and trees for the natural climate solutions that they provide. Um, we're looking at things like carbon sequestration, ecosystem services, biodiversity, on top of all the other things that forests are well known for. Um, and so one of the topics that, talked, uh, that was talked about in the panel was uh, the increase in ESG, or environmental, social, and governments investing um, that's been put on forests. Um, and so the panel just highlighted, I think, a lot of really great um, insights into where we're at in this field. I think we could have we could have probably talked all day uh, based on all the questions that were received and all the insights that the panel had. Uh, but I thought it was a great a great pulse of really where we're at um, in terms of valuing forests, not just for the forest products that they provide, but also on these other things uh, such as natural capital and what are investment folks thinking about when they're investing in timberlands. Um, I think as, a, as people involved in the forestry profession on a daily basis, it's always interesting to get that perspective of what do people outside of forestry think of our assets, you know, our, our forests, our trees. Um, and so that was just a, a great panel discussion I think that we had there on um, that Thursday morning of the convention. Uh, the other thing was it was a big presentation um, that was a plenary presentation that I that I got a lot of value out of, uh, and that was the first plenary um, that was given by Sarah Lily Sewell uh, from Lily Leaf Solutions. Uh, the title of her talk was "Evolving Forest, Evolving Field," um, but this one was really one of the key takeaways I took around is about the need for us to be better thinking about workforce recruitment and workforce development within the forestry profession. Um, and Sarah really did a great job of highlighting all of those different aspects that we need to be thinking about. Um, certainly in many uh, industries and many stores and, and everything else you see a labor shortage for, you see jobs needed, help wanted uh, on this and, and that. Forestry is no different. Um, I think many of us in forestry um, are interested in recruiting people uh, from a variety of different backgrounds uh, and certainly interested in retaining them as well. Um, and so the talk really highlighted, um, what does this mean? You know, we're in the, we're seeing a wave of retirements from the baby boomer, boomer generation. Um, but what is that going to mean for people that are eventually going to take their place in the forestry profession? And, and how do we do that strategically and uh, in a way that's uh, inclusive and um, opening up forestry to anyone that's interested. Um, and so Sarah had some great, um, great talks, a great talk on that topic, uh, and also brought up a number of different things related to, to how we train the next generation of foresters.
one of the things I took away from uh, from her talk was a question that an audience member asked that asked, well, what's the biggest barrier to um, getting people involved in the forestry profession? And she said, a college degree. And so I think that really resonated with me because, you know, we often think about, you know, the need for college degrees and, and forestry, and, and certainly that's important and we want to give everyone a foundation of knowledge. But it got me thinking, you know, what are creative ways that we can involve people that maybe don't have that baseline uh, four-year forestry degree from an accredited school to still get involved in the forestry profession. Uh, and so that was a really big takeaway for me uh, as well. Uh, another thing, another topic that really resonated with me was a session on consulting forestry. Uh, and so this was one that was happening uh, in, as a part of one of the technical sessions. And I thought, again, a great series of panelists um, from three consulting foresters that were uh, very active in the profession, a lot of years of experience between those three. Uh, and I thought really did an excellent job of kind of providing some, some real-world applications of what consulting forestry is, what the challenges are, uh, and what lies ahead for the future. Um, this session, again, I think it was partly conducted and organized with the Association of Consulting Foresters. And for me, uh, as someone that's kind of venturing into this area full time, as I've transitioned from my faculty position uh, this this year into my consulting role on a full time basis, I just found it really valuable in terms of the insights that folks had, um, and also some of the some of the challenges. Um, and so there were just a lot of great questions from the audience about what do I do in this specific case, or I'm working with this landowner that wants this done, but I don't really think that's ethically what I ought to do. And so how do you navigate those challenges and um, what are the different things to be thinking of and who can you look to uh, for help in those kinds of situations? And so I think that consulting forestry session, again, was a great, uh, a great part of the convention and just one that had a lot of energy in that room um, and uh, a lot of take -home, great take-home messages uh, that I left, uh, left the convention with. And then the last thing that I'll mention, and uh, maybe this is a shameless plug, but uh, we had a great data science workshop uh, on the first day of the convention. Uh, and I did want to mention that as a, something that really resonated well with me because I think it went <laughs> so very well. Um, and so we've been teaching uh, what we call the data science for forestry applications workshop um, every year at SAF convention since I think about 2015. Um, uh, at least when the convention has been in person. And so it's been a great way to showcase really what data science is uh, and then how do we use forestry data kind of in a data science context. Um, and so myself and Nan Pond with NCX and Robert Froese at the University of Alberta kind of helped lead this, um, uh, this workshop again this year. And I thought it went really well. We had about 25 people in the workshop. And um, our approach to the workshop is to use real-world data uh, and really kind of to present a practical problem for folks to work through as they go through the workshop. And so we had used data acquired from the Forest Inventory and Analysis database. Uh, and all of these data were collected from Eastern Maryland. And so it kind of provided some a geographic um, similarities to where the conference was. And so we always like to show and to provide data that are of value and that are relatable. 
And so as people kind of got their bearings while they were in Baltimore that first day of convention, uh, they also got to find out, okay, what trees might be nearby me uh, in terms of what's in the forest. And so we always think that that's a valuable thing to add. Um, and then we taught R as the primary tool for doing data science. And so we've developed kind of a, an exercise, uh, several pages of uh, exercises in R that you can kind of work through at your own pace. Um, and we really value the collaborative learning aspects of this workshop. And so it's kind of centered in a way uh, that folks, as one person is kind of moving ahead a little bit more quickly, they can help out the person next to them uh, with some issues, whether it be R coding or something interpreting the question or interpreting the data that they can help with. And so we really found uh, this session to be uh, really valuable and um, we hope to do it again in the future um, because we know that data science is certainly uh, something that folks um, in the forestry profession don't quite know what it is. It's like, well, is that the biometrics people? Is that the stats people? Uh, is that my spatial people? Um, and so it's kind of a combination of all those things. And so with the workshop, uh, we tried to um, kind of get it into a shape that's um, relatable to folks in the forestry industry and um, with some tools that they may be already familiar with. Uh, and so as I end with that, I do want to mention that uh, if you or your organization is in need of any training related to data science or um, forestry data, uh, whether that be the forest inventory and analysis data sets, uh, whether it be using R, learning R, um, and don't hesitate to reach out. Um, you can reach out at my contact information at arbor-analytics.com. Um, and if you have an idea or a need, I'd be happy to help. And so feel free to reach out there. And so with that, uh, I'll wrap up this podcast. Again, I can't say more, um, can't say anything more about the value of in-person conventions and, and conferences. And so I hope that you have the ability um, to take part in some of these uh, upcoming uh, workshops or conferences that are in person uh, just to meet colleagues and to interact with them. And so with that, thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Forest Analytics Landing Podcast. For more information on how data and analytics can empower your organization, visit arbor-analytics.com.